Hi, this is Ray Lago, and you're listening to the one and only Marvel Card Collectors Podcast. Right, that is recording. Hello, everybody. My name is Ian Taylor, and welcome to the Marvel Card Collectors Podcast, brought to you by the Marvel Cards Fan Collective, an awesome community of card collectors and creators. You can find our two groups on Facebook, details of which are at the end of this podcast, so come check us out. With me is my co-pilot in all things Marvel Cards. For a guaranteed good time and 90 minutes of hard hobby mouth, dial 1-800-COLLECT-CARDS and speak to Norin Rad. <laughs> Hello! <laughs> <laughs> Hard hobby <laughs> mouth. I love it. I love it. Uh, we actually do need to set that chat line up. That could be a good income stream for us. I'm in. That yeah. sounds good. One eight hundred collect cards. I'm Ooh. not sure entirely how that would work because um, yeah, we like, don't we tend to do that whole collect. letters as numbers things here. But yeah, yeah, we can do that. We can do that. <laughs> Have you been good? Is indoors. Uh, indoors. Indoors. Same walls around me over and over again. I've been uh, walking in circles around my room, peeling up the yellow wallpaper, trying to see what's underneath. But, you know, <laughs> why? You look concerned. No, I just, I just start <laughs> having mental images of the Shining movie. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're chopping down the door. Here's Norin. Here's Norin. That's where the surfer card was hiding. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, so, uh, welcome, everybody. Um, this is what day is it today? It's Sunday today. Not that means anything to anyone listening because we normally drop this on Thursday, and it's normally um, I don't know what I'm saying. I've got coffee, the but week, it's not. Yeah, I've got co- yeah, they're, they're merging into one. I've got coffee here, but it, dude, I have no idea what day it is. Oh, if it wasn't playing, if I wasn't playing Animal Crossing, I would have no idea what day it was. What is Animal? Is that one of those games oh, that you get on Facebook? So good. Yes. Yes. So it's like on the Nintendo Switch. It's oh, okay. Very addicting. Wife and I play, and it's uh, it's just very very addicting. <laughs> but it basically, it's you basically play a game over a year, and every day something new happens, type of stuff, oh, and then okay. you kind of get into your own psychotics and all this other stuff. But it's what's keeping us sane on the quarantine aspect. Well, yeah, you know, so. if it's if it's keeping you sane, then by all means, go for it. Um, it. As long as you're not putting bodies under the patio, that's the main thing. Um, no, no, basement. So um, l- last week was our um, um, second full episode on video. Um, yes. And I've got to say, hats off to you, brother. Hats off that's to amazing. you, brother. No, to you. You're the one who did. Look, you're the one. We just talked about this before we started recording. You're the one who had to wait five hours for the thing to render and then import to YouTube. So. <laughs> It's 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 just it's it's just long, so it just takes a long time. But and the video. it's okay. It's worth it. I mean, I man, going through that whole tutorial. If I had that when I first started collecting, EPAC would not have. Been, I would not have yeah. been so resistant to EPAC. Yeah, so I'm kind of glad we did it. Yeah, I'm hoping people will find it useful. It's um, it's obviously. I haven't actually had a chance to listen to the audio of it yet. Normally, I do listen to the audio a couple of times before the episode goes up. So, I've not kind of listened back to it. So I'm. For those who who listened to the audio of last week's episode and may have been a bit like, ah, I kind of I'm getting the half the experience. It was actually designed as a video episode. So do go to our Facebook page. It is on there. Um, there's also a link to our YouTube uh, channel, which is a 
fairly new thing. There's some stuff on there because it was it was a channel that you had, I think. Yeah, so I just outfitted it for us, basically. Yeah. It was something I had for Sketchcard Hive. And since we we're doing so much work together, I figured better suit the channel. Plus, people were asking for content from MCC Pod. So I was like, yeah, let's just merge the two and just keep it done. Good, good. So, so this is where we need to throw it over to you fine listeners. We need uh, subscribers to that channel. And I will put that channel in the tasting notes for this episode. And I will tweet it and put it on Instagram, although you can't do links in Instagram posts, which is slightly annoying. So what yeah. I might do is put a little QR code. Ooh, so you can just fancy with your phone and um, there it goes. I love it. Yes. Yeah. And you know, the, the more subscribers we get on that YouTube channel and I think eventually we want to do kind of like things for you guys, you know, like promotional stuff, opening yep. boxes, giving away things. Yep. So I think we're just finally starting to merge onto that next venture. Absolutely. Well, it is because I'm, my daughter is currently downstairs watching Aladdin, the original, not the Will Smith version. Let's not talk about a blue Will Smith no, let's ever just again on this. We'll ignore it. Um, it is. A whole new world. A whole new world. Let's stop there. Anyway, right. Don't blush. (laughs) Me and my my lovely, lovely voice. I can't sing. I can't sing, though. Pretty terrible at singing. This is... um, you know, this is is the thing for me. A lot of people say I can't sing. Everyone can sing. Not everyone can sing in tune. Yeah, my wife straight up doesn't have it. Like she thinks it's sweet when I sing in the car, but you can see like her like reach for the knob to turn a little bit higher the volume just so like it can. Oh, okay. I thought you had the knob as in to jump out the car when it's moving. No, we did that once, but the medical bills were so expensive that, you know, I told her we're not doing that again. So I'll just stop saying training, stunt training, stunt training. That's what you need. (laughs) Um, Duck and roll, babe. What I was going to say to you, actually, is not what I was going to say to you, but just before um, we jumped on. So I've been thinking about storage for my plan to move my sketch cards into one touches the one touches um and the difference by the way between the 25 point and the 35 point is so minimal i realized that i had three of them in 25 points and then one of them was just it's the hair's breadth but when you line it up next to each other it's like that is just slightly uh, so this is the psychosis that i went into as well um for 25 points i put printing plates for 35 55 i do sketch cards because I don't like the art on the glass. I like a little breathing room. Maybe that's wrong. If you know that's wrong, please let me know don't because know. it's something that keeps me up at night. I mean, it's not a material. This this type of plastic that they use for this isn't a material that would chemically interact with a paper product. Um, one would imagine it's been designed to be safe for use because it is made for the archive. Archive safe, right? Just like penny sleeves are archive safe. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I've got these these normal width sketch cards in the twenty five point ones, and I'm very happy with that. Good, um, solid, good. Because um, I found another one in my that's a J Lips and Black Cat, which I'm tasting. That. Actually, I really love that one. Yeah, it's, it's nice. I, I think it's that. really nice. Yeah, it's fine. I, you know, I've got one from Marvel Annual. That's you know, and it's a nice one. Oh, that's your check mark on that yeah. one. So I've got you know, I've got one from that. So I've got four different sets represented by these four one touch, and I yeah. found. I was thinking about it, and in there's a UK group called NFL Card Traders UK, 
um, that I'm in because I got into NFL cards late end of last year, and boy, that's a rabbit hole. Um, yeah, I think so. And someone has done a custom job on an old wooden case they found, and they've they've changed they've they've obviously got mad skills on the woodwork side of things, right? And they've 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 changed it up and put in inner compartments and all this sort of stuff. So it's a it's a it's kind of a for want of a better word, it's a wooden version of your Pelican case but old school with like compartments in and different, you know, and they've put an NFL logo into the, into the veneer. Yes. I know who you're talking. Yeah. I've seen those pieces. Yeah. They're great. Yeah, well, well this, with this one, I'll put it in the tasting. It's brilliant. So I was looking around and I've got this old, well, it's not that old actually. Waitrose is quite a high end supermarket. Oh. Okay. And Waitrose do, when you do a posh wine delivery, it comes in this, really? which is a rather nice wooden box with Waitrose wine oh, written in there. I want that. That's a nice box. And it's rather nice. And guess, and this is where I'm going to... No way. Don't tell me that. Don't but, tell me it's a perfect fit. Don't do it. Don't do it. No. Oh, son of a... Leaves about half centimeter. So I've got, if I wanted to, I could put a little very thin layer of padding around that. <sighs> and I could just have them like... A little padding on also, the bottom, a lot of padding also, in the back. Yeah. Also, if I wanted to, because there's room in the lid... I can do them upright as well, or I could do them like. Uh, sorry, I'm trying to get on the camera. No, no, no. Ooh, I, I just in case you run out of space, like that. So it's facing you as you open it. See, that's what. See, that's what happened with me and my Pelican case. I wanted to. No, I love it. I love it. I love it. Love it. Love it. I'm so jealous. These that's an kind of amazing color. Waitrose deliver. You know, and it's obviously. I mean, it is. It's that stained on the outside. Um, but it's really nicely made. I mean, you can see it's got... I think it looks lovely. got proper... Um, hinging yeah, those bar. boxes are expensive, man. I'll put pictures like, of these on the tasting notes. It's got a single catch. So this is fine for now, but I do actually want to get something that I've got a ha- carry handle. Yeah. Well. I like the Pelican case. They're expensive. Mm. But I just want to show you that because I was, I, I was playing with it just before we started recording and, uh, and, the, and the wooden box too. So I love uh, it. Um, so that's my that's my new idea. I um, this week. So I didn't have anything kind of planned for this week because we 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 did have an interview lined up for at some point this weekend, which keeps moving around because um, we've obviously got to fit with the interviewee. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't have anything major in mind to talk about today. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to throw it open to people on the group, people on the social feeds, and just say ask us anything. What do you want to talk about? You know, floor is yours. And, um, I did it last night and for the most part, I have to say it was, it was resounding silence. Um, but then this morning, <laughs> a couple of people did chime in, which I was like, phew, thank you for that. So, um, and we, we have one for Matt Fuller, which I'll write down cause I, I don't want to forget. Oh, you do. Okay. Good, yeah, good, good. He right. told me one cause he's listening to everything. So good, good. All right. Thank you, Matt. Awesome. Awesome, dude. Or, uh, or as I like to say, thank you, Mitt. Because for thank some you, reason, Matt. everyone, everyone knows Matt is Australian or South African in my head. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I have that with names, though. No, I have that too. G'day, Matt. I have that with Matt. Is a particularly pleasing name, saying Australian accent. Yeah, my cousin's name is Matt, and I always say Maddie, so I always call Matt's Maddies. I guess that wasn't as interesting as the Australian South African thing, but we'll yeah. move on. So. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So some of these you haven't seen, some of these I haven't seen. So it's yeah. quite good. So this is yeah, kind, of a post. This yeah. is kind of a listener's question. Yeah, that's because you were, you were too busy doing deals for people. You're, you're a card whisperer. 
I am the card whisperer. That was funny. That was really funny. You'll have to tell me about that. Anyway. I'll um, have to tell you more. Yeah. So, <laughs> Danny Simon, first of all. Danny Simon kicked in. Um, good hey, evening, Danny. Uh, Danny's a dude. Um, he is a dude. He's one of the OG members of both groups, actually. Um, oh, wow. And um, he's got he's mad into X-Men. Uh, mm-hmm. in, a, in a in a big way and in a he has a great way. collection too the collection is really <laughs> solid um so really he's nice asked place. and this is something we didn't talk about on the epax 101 part two even though it just happened because i kind of wanted to let the dust settle a bit and also we Smart. had we had that episode kind of planned out so it was good to let it run its run its course all 90 minutes and five hour video of it um <laughs> So he's asked, I would like to hear your opinions about Marvel Weekly going forward. What do you think about the characters that were selected? Why no X-Men? Why repeat the same characters? And should Upper Deck change their policy on multiple accounts for the same customer? Thoughts. So for those who may not know, and for those who don't know what Marvel Weekly is, have a listen to, I think it's episode three, I want to say, Episode three, I think, was Marvel Weekly, where we talked about Marvel Weekly 2019. I'm, I'm just quickly going to my app to look and just check that. Um, is scrolling, scrolling for all the episodes? It was episode two. It's close. Okay, so episode two. Almost there, Ian. Back in the day. Yeah, well, I wasn't far off. No, I mean, um, you know, it wasn't far, but it wasn't like... But, you know, whatever. Oh. Back on the 18th of June 2019. <laughs> By the way, we're approaching a year. Are we really? I was going to ask you because, like, my my conception of time is garbage. Yeah. So, oh, oh, yeah. Especially in we are so having a birthday episode. I want a birthday episode. We're going to do a birthday episode because listen, yeah, yeah. We're, fuck it, let's do it for us. You know, I'm uh, down. I'm, I'm <laughs> party for two. Oh, I think we can probably get a few more people involved in that. Yeah. If anyone's yeah. listening, he does four. want to do something for our birthday episode, which will be the beginning of June. <gasps> we should do the birthday episode live. All right. Let's try and figure that one out. Yes. Okay. Well, right I'll, I'll try our very best on that one. Uh, but the birthday episode is coming. Anyway, Marvel Weekly um, has just started for 2020. And um, it starts at, started at the same time of the year, so it started in April, and it's planning again to run nine months through to the end of 2020. So almost exactly the same configuration as 2019, in that every four weeks there's a new character cycle, and there's four weeks of release that go go on sale at 9 a.m. Pacific time, which is 12 noon Eastern time, 5 p.m. in the UK. Go on sale then, and you have to have another Marvel product in your basket to be able to select and purchase the Marvel Weekly packs. And in each Marvel Weekly pack, you get two cards. You get the base card for that week and one of two Comic Clash cards. So you need to buy at least two packs mm-hmm. in collation to get the base and both Comic Clash, which will leave you with a spare base. Okay. Then randomly inserted over that four-week cycle, you will have... Um, a negative variant of the first card in that four-week cycle. So, for example, this year, the first character cycle was Ghost Rider. So card one will have a card minus one. And you can pull uh, one of 50 copies of that negative variant randomly as a third card in one of those packs over that four-week cycle. This year, they've added in another variant, a Comic Clash short print variant, which is, I think, the same numbering, 50 of them. So as if it wasn't mad enough as it was last year, 
they've added another chase variant into the four-week cycle at the same rarity. Is that negative only out of 50? Yes. Whoa, 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 whoa. You're telling me that insert only has 50 sets? Yes. yes. Oh, okay. okay. Oh, boy. I didn't know that. You just did. Do you, do you know that Nathan Fillion uh, gif that goes around where Nathan Fillion is about to say something and he thinks the better is he goes, he goes, <laughs> you just did that. That was hilarious. That was because I was like, oh, was sh- funny. I didn't know yeah, that. That was, that was, that was the penny dropping. Um, That's good stuff, man. It is good stuff. So I was, I was, I, I went in deep last year and I listened to the whole thing. I, I, I went for the whole thing. Um, and I'll be honest with you, it was a bit of a chore because the problem is, is that everyone was flooding on at the time and they would sell out in less than five minutes. I think the first yep. week it was, it was an hour and something. And then after weeks two and three, it became like five minutes. And on at least two or three occasions over the nine month of 2019, the site actually crashed. Yeah. It's quite a stressful experience getting the packs. I so, can imagine. Yeah. Because um, well, you year, also have to buy a Marvel pack. You have to, but, yeah, you have to buy something else. So um, it's kind of like an add on type of thing to a pack. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, I remember saying last year that Marvel Annual 2016 was the cheapest entry fee to Marvel Weekly because it was only $2.99 for a pack. Yeah, smart. So you could have one of those in your basket already, have that in your basket ready, and then when you refresh the store at on-sale time, Marvel Weekly, instead of it being locked, it will be available for you to select. And believe me, you need to have that product in your basket beforehand because that few seconds is is everything. Precious. Um, So this year as well, they have put in an achievement for those negatives. Oh, so, and I think well, this is where this is not, not quite what Danny asked, but this, I, I, my, my issue with it is it was already a difficult chase. So I think the set was actually designed and conceived and well along the way of planning and process before last year's product had fully rolled out and they, they'd, they'd had learnings from it. Yeah. So they've just let it run because I actually think it's so frustrating. It, last year was so frustrating for so many people to try and buy it. Yeah. Um, because once you collect all four cards in a cycle, you get an achievement card for that. Right. And then you can redeem all nine because there's nine cycles of four weeks. You can redeem all nine of those achievement cards for one frozen in time achievement card, which is like a, an acetate plexi. card. Yeah. I remember seeing that. Um, and then the comic clash, you do the same. If you get every comic clash, you get an, a frozen in time for that. So there's two frozen in time achievements that you get at the very end. And you need both of those frozen in time achievements to get one sketch card. And because you need both and, of them. And, yeah. And that's what drove everyone nuts. Because as soon as the product finished last year, the market's flooded with redeemed base and comic clash cards that you can pick up for nothing. So you can actually, if you're not fussed about the sketch, you can actually get the frozen in time achievements for from from twenty nineteen for seven to ten bucks on comps. Yeah, they're not expensive. And you know, you can put, you can get the set fairly affordably as well. So um for this year, me personally, I'm I'm sitting it out this year. Um because with everything going on virus wise, you know, I don't that commitment, I I probably spent easily five, six hundred, maybe seven hundred dollars across the nine months. But then again I did put together two full sets. Yeah, you're a beast, man. 
but I did, then sell, I did oh. then sell one of those sets, um, excluding negatives, but every other card, but redeemed, um, including the two Frozen in Time achievements. I think I sold it for 150 so I got, not bad. got the two sketches. So yeah. That's not bad at all, man. Um, because like those sketches, you're looking at over 150 each, I'm sure. Yeah. And then, because they're such rare sketches. Yeah. And then also, mm. smart. And so then also, ballards. that's right. You t- I saw those ballards. Those are great cards. Mm. You killed it. So, um, so it's interesting. So this year, what they've done with it is... It went on. It went on sale on Monday, and someone. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna be editing this episode. Um, I know because I tend to put the bleeps in. Um, <laughs> someone done <laughs> up. <laughs> someone tell done. you, boy. Someone tell done. you, boy. Oh, someone done you. up. I want here. Messed up there. Uh, someone messed up. Yes, yes, you messed up. Um, so <laughs> they. <laughs> Basically, what happened is on Monday at 9 a.m., it went bonkers. It was it was late appearing on the site, and then when it did appear, it appeared, and you could buy. I think they ended up selling about fifty. They end up selling about three times as many packs, and people were opening them and pulling cards from all across the nine month run. So everyone knows uh, what every card is because they've all been on e-packs. So they all know the characters yeah, already. Know the characters. So this is why this is why Danny's question is a good one. So the first character, Ghost Rider, wasn't in last year, but they repeat Spider Man. Yeah. They repeat Captain America. Right. They repeat Captain Marvel. Um, and I'm I. Why no X Men? I think that could be a rights thing. Likely. Um, <laughs> I have a theory, but I'm not going to say the theory. Oh, okay. Unless you think I should say the theory. Well, say the theory because we can always edit it out, but at least then I'll know what you're talking about for the purposes of this podcast. Well, if you can't read my mind, Ian, then what are we doing here? Okay. What are we doing here? So here's my theory. <laughs> A lot of things are happening at Upper Deck. I'm sure we're editing this out, which is fine. I think it's... I don't know if they're going to do physical as much. Oh, don't say that. Don't I know. I know nobody wants to hear it, but this is, this, is my, this is my prediction. I could be wrong. What do I know? But looking at... Quite a lot has happened. Um, quite a lot has happened that, would, that is gearing me towards this. And we know one of the big things, which is Upper Deck lost, didn't lose. Um, well, Upper Deck trimmed their employees. There you go. That's beautifully as, said. As, as we, you know, which is, you know, I don't think that's any secret. It's in the public domain. No, it's not. Companies across everywhere, uh, America are doing it, especially in America. I mean, the UK, it's yeah. slightly different because the government has basically put in a scheme so that companies can furlough staff and the government will pay up to a certain amount to the company to retain the employee so that they don't make them redundant. Whereas I think in America, certainly my main client, which is why I'm furloughed, um, shed 90% of their staff. And it happened exactly the same day that Upper Deck shed their staff. Um, So as we talked about previously, Upper Deck Matt is no longer just Matt. Um, 
who's the Marvel architect. So yeah. he's a major so, architect. So he's, you know, he's the guy behind you know a lot of the. He's the dude. He's so. the one who designs it. We have an episode um, on it. And he's fantastic. Yeah. So go back um, and listen to it. Um, so listen, I don't, cool. I don't, I don't, you know, Marvel Weekly. Ultimately, um, you know, uh, Matt, Matt's big enough and ugly enough, although he is quite easy on the eye. Um, he is to, on the to, eye for to, sure. To to um, yeah, be able to take constructive criticism. I, I personally, I think, I, I, and not all the decisions that uh, happen about a card set and how it's released and how it's promoted sit with him as he, as he explained. At all. Yeah, Not at all. Marketing, yeah. There's people in other parts. They're working in very restrictive parameters. Yeah. But there's also different teams within companies. So, exactly. You know, there's, you know, that, so they get together, they have a big meeting, the set is done, and then they all go off and do their separate bits. So I, I think it's good for us to be able to give constructive feedback to Upper Deck. I uh, think so too. But in this case... They messed up, and they know they messed up. Um, and so, as a result, two days after this, they put it on sale properly for the remaining number of packs that still were there that had Ghost Rider cards. So, how many, however many of that Ghost Rider Week One hadn't been pulled? Right, so, it's now pulled. So, so they put those on sale properly. In which case, however many packs went on sale on the Wednesday, I think. And you could then, you would know that you would just get the Ghost Rider card number one and Comic Clash one or Comic Clash two plus anything else. All the other cards that were released erroneously stay in the EPAC system so you can still see them. So whenever you go, and you could see this on last week's video, they still show as TBD, unreleased items. Mm-hmm. That's really unusual. You usually only see that in the few minutes after a new product's release while the system catches up with itself. But these are there and they're permanently yeah. there. You can go and see these yourself. So you can see who all the characters are. Now, some of them I like. Some I like Giant Man is the, is, is the last character in the run. Oh, cool. Week nine, which I think is really cool. Um, I've saved the images of all these. And for the life of me, I can't remember all the characters now. Um, I can't either. That's why I'm looking no, at you. I'm like, oh, I what think was Black that? Widow was in there. Yes. I want to say Black Widow was in there, which makes sense because of the movie. Um, so I, I think it's interesting uh, what they've done with it. Um, but what they also did is they refunded everyone who bought on that Monday and let them keep the cards. Right. And so some sell. people have been madly scurrying around and have most of the full run <sighs> to be ready for their sketch redemption. So some people have been actively trading towards it. How close they are, I don't know, but I've seen people doing it uh, on Apex. Um, Should Upper Deck change their policy on multiple accounts for the same customer? Um, I don't know. I remember seeing it's very unusual that someone can buy more. Ten packs is your limit in one purchase on on Apex, regardless of the product. For a week? No, regardless of the product. It stops at ten. So if you well, can't there, you type in how many packs you want, no, or you have to do boxes after that? No, you that? can't. If after that, you can go to boxes and you can go to cases and then it can go higher. But on packs, it's 10. Wow. Okay. So when you're buying packs, you, you can buy 10 in one go. Now, normally, the transaction time takes a certain amount of time and they sell out so quick that you wouldn't be able to then loop back once you finish that first transaction and buy again. Right. Um, some people because of the mess up with the with the onset and the fact that it didn't appear to cap and it kept going on on the Monday, some people were saying that they, they bought 40 packs. And I think, okay, that's fine. <clears throat> Me personally, I think that's a little bit of a thing to do. Because um, it, it denies other people. Yeah, it denies other people the, the opportunity to be able to, to get into the set and own it. Um, and ultimately, for me, I think it's a bit greedy. Um, but 
some people I know last year had multiple accounts. So they had uh, more than one account with Upper Deck and they probably had it logged in in different browsers. And some people, I'm absolutely certain of it, had so many cards that they probably used some sort of bot program to automate the buying process. Um, so which Wait, you, see, you see in ticketing all the time. Is is very very close parallel to the, the the sort of on sales that you see in live event ticketing. So um, should Dark sure. Upper Deck change their policy on multiple accounts for the same customer? I I, I don't know what their policy is on this. That's the thing. It I wonder if they, they should one. do a limit though. I mean, like you know what? Instead of a limit, like an all day limit, you know, like two packs is all you can get, or something weird like that. You can do like five packs every hour. You know what I mean? That way. I don't know, something with some time difference yeah. there so you can kind of help um, stack people's ability to come into the website to pick something up. Because I think the biggest problem is, and I was talking to Matt Fuller about this actually. Uh-huh. Um, Good evening, he was, Matt. Yeah, Matt, buddy. Um, he was saying that, I mean, he even posted it. He was like, so I'm four minutes in and I can't get anything. And it's just like this really frustrating thing to go there and all it of a sudden everything's gone yeah. within five minutes yeah you know what i mean stacking it throughout the day like have different time slots you know yeah. i'm like three or four time slots where you go out of here you have nine twelve two and four and then people can go in at those times to buy a limited amount i don't know yeah it's well the, the i see exactly having worked in ticketing for over two decades yeah you would know I, more about exactly this than i would the same thing so it from a customer point of view it is that frustration because in ticketing you see a famous act say a food fighters goes on sale at 9am 903 it's sold out and 907 you see it flooding the secondary market you know people selling it at marked up prices which is kind of effectively what you see on the upper deck system because you see yeah and it's it's pretty much the only you know when they release any other product it doesn't tend to do what it does with weekly but because weekly is limited and it's a timed thing they effectively create their own foo fighters on sale once a week yeah well um, we just saw the crazy ebay listing by uh, whatever his name is or we'll, name, edit, we'll edit his name out but yes yeah whatever um that person's selling packs on ebay at a price up no they just well uh, you mean marvel weekly packs no, so this is other packs. So now they're selling packs off ePack through eBay at a higher price. Oh uh, yeah, I've seen I've seen individual cards being sold at a high price. Now they're doing packs on that. Ah, okay, that's interesting. Yeah, um, and it's it very clearly says you know uh, it's very cleverly written the spiel in it. It goes oh why you know why spend time hunting and trading for for this card when you can just buy it now um, straight away from me, and it's a card that you could buy a physical copy of on Comsi for two or three bucks, and it's on at twenty dollars, and it's a fairly common Fleer Ultra Spider-Man card, um, and you just get it transferred to you on 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 EPAC. So you have to have an EPAC account to do it. I mean, yeah. good luck to you. I, if anyone's silly enough to pay that, then come to me. Give me half the trade value, and I'll give you two copies of that card. Seriously, uh, it's it like, it's just you know, I yeah. I, we'll let we it bring this easy. stuff up too because yeah. the people in the group, you know, all of our we're all friends here. Even yeah. if we have tips and stuff like that, all of us, no one, no one wants to see the other collector get ripped off. No, I don't, I don't want to see that. So, in, in, oh, yeah. so in the case of Marvel Weekly, um. Should they change their policy on multiple accounts for the same customer? I, I, I guess my question is, and it may be there, I've just not seen it, is is there a policy 
multiple accounts to the same customer. I do think that um, from a point of view of, of managing site traffic, uh, a peak period like that, there are definitely some improvements that need to be made. Um, your, your user experience shouldn't be one of frustration and resentment. Quite a few people who went through Marvel Weekly 2019 have said they wouldn't do it again, me included. If you have a, this many customers in such a small hobby and such a small market, and I say that with emphasis because it feeds into another question someone else has asked, going away feeling a bit beaten up by the experience and it not being a pleasant thing to collect, so they've had to endure collecting, not enjoy collecting, then you're not doing, you know, this is, this is a, hopefully this will be taken as constructive criticism up a day. That's not, that's not something you want your customers going away feeling. I'm, I'm sorry, but no, no business in that mind would want a customer feeling like they've been beaten up to obtain a product, even if it's one of limited supply. Yeah. You know, you get to the point where they'll be like, oh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to bother going through that experience again. Because it wasn't, you know, the, the value exchange of, of getting the product wasn't worth the experience of, of, of trauma that I went through to get it. I hear that all the time from people. Any people tell me, no, nope, they're not dealing with it yeah. ever again. And, we, and those and people I, are gone. Yeah. And I, I work with, you know, as a, in a marketing agency that work on CX and user experience in, in all sorts of retail FMCG brands the last thing you want is for someone to go away feeling unhappy because that turns into negative word of mouth and negative yeah. word of mouth in a hobby this small isn't good for you i think i think we've covered marvel weekly on that one um because we have other questions we have other questions other questions we have believe it or not other people dropped in so other people do you want to do your mat one and then i'll come back with yes Yep. Yes. Okay. So Matt, <laughs> so me and Matt were talking and he was, he's listening to our episodes. He's catching up and uh, we're having a good chat. And he was like, so here's a question for you. And you can ask this on the podcast. Ian, you, you don't have to worry about this question, but I guess in a hypothetical way you could, he asked me, so do, are you dreading? Or are you excited when the ban is lifted for the surfer? And then that's kind of a question I, want to put out there right and he wanted me to kind of answer on air um is that something i'm scared of or something i'm excited about um and i you know all my character collectors out there who have banned characters what is it for you and i for me personally it's definitely dread (laughs) as much as it is excitement it is definitely dread as well because i'm just like this is going to be a feeding frenzy and things are going to be so impossible to get. Um, because right now surfers are, are just as impossible to get, I guess. So not much would change, but definitely, definitely rare occurrences, definitely rare occurrences. Mm. I was just wondering, I don't know. I thought that was a pretty fascinating question to ask. Well, I am, um, my, my take on it would be you've been slightly blessed. And I think the fact that you ventured a little bit into other characters is kind of, and the fact that you did that Zenlar archives thing where you, you yeah. visually documented your Silver Surfer collection in pretty much order of card release in a very creative way. As, oh, thank as you. Is your, as is your, um, your skill. Um, but you kind of pretty much did it and you've done start to finish and you've said yourself a number of times that you, there's only a few things you need to get now. So it's yeah. like you've been in a position whereby, okay, that's kind of 
you know, I've got that collection. I enjoy that collection. And now it's kind of the bush is grown. I'm just slightly clipping it every now and again, like those people who do topiary and those. Bushes. Ooh, yes, like a little bonsai surfer right, tree. Right, right, okay, right. you know that, those big ornate gardens that yeah, to, uh, to, bushes to, to shaped prairie. like right. um, um, shaped like flamingos and, and polar bears and, and yeah, and, Edward Scissorhands, um, yeah, washing machines, yeah, that kind of thing. So occasionally you're just going in there with a little pair of tweezers and just going. I love this imagery. Yes, yeah. this is actually, this is exactly but, how I collect. But, but, that, that, but that's kind of, you know, it, you, you have kind of had that grace period Yes, where you've been able to catch up, aside from a couple of, you know, white whales that are still out there that you, you want to hunt down. I've, so from a point of view of someone who hasn't had that, <laughs> that respite, I, you know, I, I ha- actually haven't had that respite. And if anything, my character has probably peak popularity with their own ongoing series that's been going. Several oh, years. that's so true. I um, never thought how different it would be for yeah. you and I on this. So, f- so for me, I, w- I breathed a massive sigh of relief when she wasn't in Marvel Premiere 2019, when she wasn't in Marvel Masterpieces 2018. Oh. Because it's like, thank goodness for that. It's a Flair, break. I just attacked head on and thought, well, let's just deal with that straight away. So that, that, that was done, you know, within a, yeah, you killed that. Yeah. I, I nailed it. Um, cause there's only four cards to go for. Um, Marvel 80th was a little bit painful. Um, yeah. the fact that they had a Marvel 80th sketch card of that character, and I still don't have one of those mm. or five by seven is a bit frustrating. So, you know, but generally speaking, in terms of pack cards, I'm still catching up. So I have had a little bit of time to catch up. So I'm still chasing Fleer Ultra Spider-Man. I need a green black cat. There's only 10 of those, but I need a green. Um, I think, and obviously the gold one of one. Um, I've got two of the plates and I've got a pattern foil in E-Pack. So I'm pretty much done on the, on the PMG side of things. Um, I've got the rainbow. The rainbow web foil I'm probably not going to do because there's not enough on E-Packs for me to do it. You'll get it eventually. Yeah, but I'm about halfway there, but I'm not actively chasing after them now. Oh, I see what there's you mean. So few, there's so few on there. And, you know, people do actually need a copy, a single copy for their collection. That's pretty much most of the people on EPAC's have got. No, and you know what? I, I'll be honest too, man. It's the difference between Ian and I collecting is that, and I, and I'm honestly, in all honesty, when you collect a girl character, it is so much harder competition out there. Yep. yep. 110 percent like because i go for oh i'm at 75 by the way calypsos oh web foils yeah pretty good right yeah Yeah, i'm at 75 yeah yeah so um actually i've been attacking like new collectors so i keep the list open and then when i see someone new pulled one i ask them and so it's been working out really nicely really nice people (laughs) anyway collecting her is so much harder than collecting spot so much harder than collecting spot Just because people are like, you know, in love with the art, it's more of a male heavy hobby on, you know, unfortunately, all this kind of stuff. So I, I, you know, what Ian does is miraculous because to collect a a character who's so so sought after, this takes a lot of patience. (laughs) <laughs> skill no seriously it's impressive it's really yeah. impressive um i also um well that's one of the reasons why i've, I've started going after spider gwen because for me spider gwen starts at a certain oh, for everyone <laughs> spider gwen starts at a certain point yeah so i've decided to start a side piece of um spider gwen she's uh, great because i because yeah. you know i dig her and i, I spider gwen i'm a little bit 
part of me wants to get every card that she's been on, but some people draw in a very manga stroke anime style, and that's not my thing at all. I like my female at all, all my females. You know, I don't I don't dig the the anime manga style, and a lot of people draw Spider Gwen in that ilk. It's just not my cup of tea. No, it's yeah, wrong with it. It's just not just not for me. Um, but the um, so as we know, I've got the Spider Gwen legacy. Uh, rainbow now the rainbow uh web uh rainbow sorry start again (laughs) reboot reboot uh the rainbow web foil for spider gwen i've decided i'm not going to go for okay cool um so i'm stopping at a silver web foil on that um that's fine yeah but i'm on the base spider gwen i'm about 60 there Wow. 60 now. Um, so I'm still going with that. Um, and again, the Spider-Gwen web rainbow, I'm not going after, so I'm going to stop at a, at a 10. Right there. So, yeah. yeah. Um, because I'm happy with that, because I've also now got a gold auto for two of the three legacy characters. I love those gold autos. Uh, so, so, awesome. there's, so there's that triptych by Luis Royo of Spider, Spider-Woman, Silk, and Spider-Gwen. Mm. And that are part of the same image, so yeah. basically, I've I've gone for a mini bow of those. So I've got Ooh. I've got a base of each. I've got a web foil of each. Um, I've got a silver um, of each, uh, regular silver. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna hopefully pick up that I can do this buying them uh, just a single um, silver web foil of each. And I've got two of the three gold autos, Ooh. and I have obviously rainbowed. The spider gwen wow so that would look really nice i know that's gonna look great man two nine pages right next to each other yeah Damn. You know, I'm, I'm looking forward to that so anyway so that's that mm. uh, side note on, on characters that come back in you know you've started your little side quest characters because you've had a little bit of a breather yeah i started um i actually have the full moon star from a uh, flare ultra x-men nice athena's a red and I, I need a sketch of her from the series, but that's going to be next to impossible. And the red, I actually spoke to our homie um, who owns all the reds. Mr. Fuxum. Fuxum. The, our boy, Fuck, Mr. Fuxum. And uh, I actually spoke to him, really nice guy. Um, and, you know, he told me what he was looking for. So unless I come across that, I don't think I'll get that red anytime soon. Yeah. But yeah, I do. I do. I did, it is. Yeah, I did her and I also have the full rainbow spot. Yeah. Like a full, full rainbow, which is crazy. I need more plates, but yeah. It's been fun to do side characters. I, I really like it, it. especially it ones that are like new and have just come out or like yeah. ones that are really hidden and not a lot of people know about. I think those are kind of fun to kind of like dip your toe into. One thing I've enjoyed doing a lot, and this is not Marvel, it's on the Star Wars side, is since Greg McLaughlin, good evening, Greg. Uh, of the Rebel Base Card podcast. Since we went on there, I've started dabbling a little bit into both the Star Wars Journey to the Rise of Skywalker and Star Wars Rise of Skywalker sets. And the number of different color parallels that they have is, is absolutely mind-blowing. Um, it's and insane. one of the things I saw him doing, which I think I'm going to be doing, and I've got some of them, is that I think there's five different color parallels on the Rise of Skywalker set in the UK issue of it. Um, so I'm going to go for a particular card image across that Ooh. color spectrum 
and do I it that it. way. Um, and I think the same is true with the heritage stock of the Journey to the Rise of Skywalker, which is nice. modelled on the old thing, um, which I, which I, is quite a nice way of doing it because there's no way I'm going to be able to complete. I think the, the purple, I think, is the colour on Rise of Skywalker, and it's just crazy. I mean, it's ridiculously crazy. Um, no, that's call? that's a lot. Um, so so anyway, so cool that, that, you know, but it's a different. You know, it's finding fun ways to kind of do your own thing within the collecting so as we mentioned greg he did ask a question on uh, on the twitter um at the mcc pod uh, yes. people of Twitterland, which is also our handle on instagram he asked um <laughs> he's just tweeted us brilliant uh, but that's something else um do the Marvel Car Collectors Group play in the Marvel Collect Tops digital app? I know Norrin has said he doesn't care for digital, but as fans of Marvel itself, it is a nice companion to EPAX, and there are free-to-play options with trading. Um, yeah, true that there are free things, but I think, for me, I collect trading cards, and I collect the, the cards. I don't... I don't build up collections of digital things. Yeah, I think I, I don't think we see a lot of overlap on our section. I think the digital stuff, and I'm sure I'm wrong on this. And I, I don't think the digital stuff is bad. I mean, some of the images they use are beautiful because I've seen sales on eBay, on eBay, um, selling some That's digital cards. This thing that people sell them. Well, because I think they're limited, so they just trade them from account to account. Yeah, I know. Um, but still, I know it is bonkers. I mean. You know, it's a way to collect and, and no, no harm, no foul, of course, no judgment whatsoever. I think the only reason I wouldn't do digital is because I'm already so far into physical. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if it was something I liked and I was more stuck on my phone than I was and it was kind of like my digital library and I was into the digital libraries, I think that would be something different. But we haven't really had, I think we maybe have... I think there's about two or three people in our group, and we've got like less than five percent of people yeah. in our group oh, who, who even brought less, it up. Less than two percent. Uh, there's there's one yeah. fella who regularly posts on it, but the the, the amount. Of, someone mentioned uh, it for sure. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's a fellow in the group, uh, Matthew, I think his name is. Um, oh, he yeah. he often posts about it, and not many people come back. And we we have this we have this with EPAC is when when collectors especially the collectors that are coming back to the hobby from the 90s yes back to it and they are they post about epac so i don't understand what this epac stuff is i don't understand what it is why would anyone want to do that and, yeah this and just that, happened recently and but but that is the mindset that a lot of marvel card collectors come at it from because and and for me part of the enjoyment of the hobby is is the one touch is the binder, is the top loader, is the arranging physically, I would say... The archival, the the physical, yeah. 100%. Yeah, and so, yes, it's, you know, it's. Uh, I'm a fan of Marvel. Yes, I'm a fan of Marvel, but it, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan of Marvel because I want to have, you know, I want to have this copy of Fleer Ultra X-Men Chromium in my hand. I want to be able to tilt it and look at the holograph effect on that i want to look at the thickness of the card um and it, it very much is from the marvel cards point of view it very much is has a foot in the same camp as those who collect the comics and i think for 
And you're absolutely right. hundred percent. It is, it is the physicality of comics and cards that bridge together. Yeah. I think a lot for me, and this is how I can fall into things. Like, especially when Greg was telling us about star Wars, I bought a yeah. star Wars box packed because Greg screwed me and <laughs> got me into Greg, it. Greg is an enabler. He's, <laughs> He's a an feeder. enabler. He's that a guy. Yeah. <laughs> I love him. Um, so I did it and I loved it every minute of it. And I love seeing that card stack and that was really fun. And that's the trick for me. Yeah. There's this nostalgia and sense of familiarity comes mm-hmm. that comes with a pack and opening and feeling cards. Mm-hmm. Like as weird as that sounds, there, there's a sense of, hominess to that because i grew up collecting cards pokemon cards star yeah. wars cards yeah. anything i could get a hand my hands on and i don't have a massive collection because i'm very yeah. picky but there is something to opening a pack and having a card in your hand and seeing what you get and for me it's not the gamble a lot of people it's the gamble but for me it's really that feeling of getting something special that you didn't know was coming to you yeah yeah. Does that make sense? No, it makes absolute sense. And it's actually, it's really interesting actually, because a lot of these questions do unintentionally actually, and they're all from different people, um, feed into each other. So yeah. Robert Baker, Robert, um, I don't, do you ever go by Rob or is it Robert? I mean, it says on Facebook, Robert, so I'm not going to shorten it anyway. Uh, good evening, Robert. Um, Robert's a dude, really nice guy. I think uh, I've he sent a question. Tell me. I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts on what do you think they need to do to bring back everyone. So I was like, well, well it's, mm. you know, short of short of it being the click, uh, you know, and it, uh, that undoes the click in, in in Endgame that brings everyone back. I was like, <laughs> I have to ask him, do you mean back to the hobby as in '90s collectors? Yeah, but yes, sure. spark interest again in the hobby for another boom period. So there's a number of parts to this. Bear with me. Boom period. I would argue for all the all the critique I, I gave of Upper Deck about 20 minutes ago, I would argue that we are in a bit of a boom period for cards in terms of the fact there's there's never been as much product out there, either digitally via tops or via um, uh, Upper Deck on the physical uh, side of things. It's a um, niche boom, it really. Is, it's, it's, it's not a... It is very niche. It's not a pop culture. It's not a every kid in every mall, all this kind of stuff like it was in the 90s. It's very much a niche boom. This, 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 This Marvel cards are for specific collectors. Yeah. And we are all here, all know each other. And with some adults. I think it's pretty rare to have new people come in. Like you've been in here longer than I have. I mean, I've been around, but I haven't been around socially. And I hadn't been collecting as seriously like i've always had my collection but deep diving like i have i was pretty new what four years ago oh my god how long has it been how old am i getting i'm about i'm about 12 years in i kind of saw the hobby the hobby drove past me in the 90s and i waved at it and we shouted <laughs> at each other and, it, and it, it kind of said i'll see you in another 15 years and sure enough 15 years after this hooked up. um and so well, since then i've been going into it so we met when? Uh, two well, years I ago? St- yeah, well, I started the group in, I'm coming up two years on MCCW, actually. So, and then Marvel Masterpieces Collectors. I can't remember which one you joined first, because Marvel Masterpieces MMC, because I was looking for yeah. MM16. So that was, a, that was a couple of months afterwards. So we're probably coming up on 18 months. 
Oh. <laughs> oh, well, so I like I won't forget the anniversary. I, yeah, I will. Um, so maybe like uh, while you're two talking years before that, I was collecting roughly and stuff like that. So like a year and a half before that, I was collecting roughly. But yeah, yeah man. I mean, I don't think a lot of new people come in that often, right? No, but this is what it's why I said the, the questions bleed into each other. In that the, the interest hundred percent. Yeah, we're of an age and a generation where the Marvel card collecting the experience of it is indistinguishable from the physicality of it. Yes. In that we can't conceive of one without the other. It may well be that the tops experience and the digital experience still ticks a lot of those boxes, but for the younger generation who don't have that um, affinity to having physical media. So for example, there's an awful lot of people who don't simply that I work with who are in their twenties who simply don't have a CD player. Right. They all. store digitally. Because yeah, because they don't they don't for them it's not an essential thing that it's um that it's a physical product. So yeah. I think that is a, a, a generational thing. Um so you joined the group, you joined MMC on Monday the 9th of July twenty eighteen at fifteen fifty three PM. Which actually is the wrong thing to say because you don't do twenty four hour clock with PM afterwards. So yeah. So you joined on the 9th of July, 2018. Good memory. Mm. Well, no, I just looked it up. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. <laughs> oh, can't believe it. I'm just messing with you. Ah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Like for me, I think if you want that 90s boom to come back, where basically kids in malls are like picking up cards, because like Pokemon but cards. Thing. But that's the thing. They are. They're doing it on their phones. That that's 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 100%. the thing. The boom, I the boom think, cannot I think that's happen in the same way because that happened in and of itself. It's like Woodstock. You can't repeat Woodstock because Woodstock too proved. No, I, um, I think it's that's long and gone. And I think Ian's one hundred percent right. That boom is on the phone. That's a digital space. Honestly, even if you saw packs at Target, mm. I if Disney, I don't know if Disney got their hands on doing Marvel cards. Would I think they would participate in that kind of boom and try to bring that back? I don't know. I don't know what that would look like. I don't know if that would become a thing. The cards would have to be infinitely cheaper and they would have to be way more widespread. Yeah. And I don't think that kind of collecting would be taken as, and this is going to be horrible to say, and Ian, you can correct me if I'm wrong, as serious by the collectors that are in it now. And not serious is really a wrong. Th- Here's the thing, right? A lot of the collectors, legitimacy. yeah, like a lot of the collectors that Ian and I deal with. And for me, I, I definitely, and this is going to sound pompous, but I definitely consider myself more of a, uh, of a um, premium collector in the sense that the product has to be on the level of a premium product, meaning one of one sketches plates, yeah, high card, high dollar value. Like for me, that's what ticks my boxes. So I think, I'm would I participate? A hundred percent. But would it be as serious as this other stuff? Probably not. Yeah. But that's just me though. That's just me. It's, it's interesting though. In different territories, they do it in different ways. In the UK, the company that have the license for Marvel uh, uh, cards is Panini Italy. Um, and their right. cards are much, much 
cheaper and they're aimed at a younger age, but they're mainly MCU focused, but they are much, much, much more affordable and they're in news agents and newsstands, but they're not the American trading cards, which are primarily what iron most people collect. Um, so, and I think that the trading Marvel trading cards are very much hand in hand with that Americana thing. And that a lot of people don't consider them legitimate Marvel trading cards unless they're the American issued and published thing. And so true because Marvel is an American company and the comics are about, you know, ultimately the majority of them are set in America or versions of America. And same as with DC, you know, you've got Metropolis, you've got Gotham, you've got, um, uh, New York, very U S location. It's a very, very American, um, uh, form of, of, of storytelling. Um, not that it doesn't exist in other parts of the world, but Marvel specifically is a very American, thing so a lot of people you know it's the whole thing that goes back to comics about pence and cents on comic books which i've talked about before i yeah. won't collect an american comic book if it's got pence price printed on it i want the copy with the cents price printed on it yeah me comics are an american thing interesting so yeah it's, it's funny which is why it's, it's, it's interesting i'm willing to do that for star wars I'm willing to buy the UK version of the product. Uh, That's but cool. I'm, I'm interested that, that I've now got here that you sent me the corresponding US version of the same product. So I'm going to side-by-side side them and just see if there are differences in the quality, if there are differences in the print quality. I would love to see that collection. Different. So yeah, I'm getting, I've, I've yet to do it. That's literally there is where I put it from your mail call, but that's something I'm going to do. And hopefully it's something that I'll be able to talk to Greg about. So Greg, anyway, it, basically what this tells me, Greg, is that you are down with the kids, sir. <laughs> you're hit very much down with the kid um, <laughs> but yeah I, it just doesn't it just doesn't tickle me it doesn't doesn't appeal the, the thing is whenever i open a card on epacs even the digital ones i know that it's eventually going to lead me to a physical card which i'm plotting and planning to get to me physically and i can't wait to sort and that yeah. part of the that part of the collecting experience i'm then looking forward to doing which is a different phase of the collecting um one last question then this goes back to kevin st jack Kevin, number Kevin. one. Kevin. Uh, good evening, Kevin. Um, he's asked, for the most part, we don't see sudden growth in value of individual Marvel trading cards like there is in sports cards or comic books. Why do you think that is? Um, and I think we've kind of answered it by degrees, which is why I emphasized a few things earlier on. It, it's The sports card world is is much, much, much bigger now, Kevin, you know a lot more about sports cards than me. Yeah. I'm only recently dabbling Same. in. But sports cards, there are entire businesses built around the breaking and selling of sports cards. Like, like lots of them. Yeah, 100%. I, I can't name a single one that does the same for Marvel. And very few that do it for non-sports. No, it's it's really it's really rare to, and I, I've seen them do it at that level, like especially non-sport something ID eBay ID when they were breaking MM18 product, they were selling the Reds. I think you remember, but nothing on the level of sports. Yeah. He just posted a picture too about sports collectors buying the same card, like the yeah. same insert in massive yeah. qualities, yes, uh, quantities. Um, so, you know, and the. Sorry, carry, no, carry on. Sorry, it's just no, no, I was just going to say, I was just going to say, I guess, um, and I, so, what is, so what does he mean by individual? So we don't see sudden growth in value of individual Marvel trading cards like there is in sports cards. And I think, well, 
I was listening to, and Kevin actually put me onto this, and I've 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 listened to a couple of them now. Hobby Hotline is a live. They do it live. I have to do that by streaming. Um, so it's it's actually quite interesting because they they you know the stuff they talk about, and a lot of the stuff they talk about doesn't apply to non-sports in any way. And one of the key things that they talked about yesterday was people who buy cards for investment. And the example that they gave was uh, someone who bought um, a card of a player who's just been doing really well and they bought it for $9 and then they sold it the next day for $20. And someone said, well, that's not investing. That's, that's day trading. That's right. flipping it. And that's not long-term stashing it away, laying that's it down not in your cell. what investing is you know, considered, right. And that, I think that is a very interesting point. And the point they made is that because sports cards are, and they, they said this, no other hobby, no other area of collecting is touched in the same way, is that the value of a card can change overnight depending on something entirely out of anyone's control, which is how well a player or team, but usually a player, does in a particular sporting event. So if there's a parallel to that in the Marvel world, thank you for explaining that, by the way. That was beautifully said. I understand now because my sports knowledge is garbage. So That's in terms the end of my sports knowledge. That was impressive. I was very impressed. <laughs> I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm borrowing uh, their content. No, I love that. Actually, it's funny. My next door neighbor was a baseball player and collected baseball cards, actually. Um, so... That's a little segue into this in terms of my sports knowledge. So when you look at non-sport pieces, right, and you look at some major hubs, let's take some major hubs, Magic the Gathering. There is a card value that increases with Magic the Gathering. Um, and there is something that does determine a card's worth overnight. And usually it comes in the form of what has best playability. What's going to do better in games? What's been suited to find a really good deck? So if there was a competition, someone won with a big deck, the cards that were uh, in that deck actually... A big what, sorry? Huh? A big what, sorry? A big what? Do you, can you see it? Anyway, no, 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 no. So, what'd you say? <laughs> Brilliantly done. Move on, move on. Sorry, I couldn't resist. Well done, well played. <laughs> so, you know, for those decks, those cards get very expensive on eBay because suddenly someone won a championship or we can start seeing how cards are going to play in competition and people go and try to make those decks. That happens similarly in Pokemon as well right? Any kind of game card, the value changes like that. If you're thinking about overnight kind of things that could possibly relate to the sports arena. Marvel, however, I think a parallel to that would be two things. One, how well a movie does. And yes. a, yeah, you know what I mean? Like if a yes. character was done really poorly, yeah. I can see a character falling out of favor. If a character was done really well, I can see a character becoming more popular, kind of like mm -hmm. Mysterio had that little line with uh, Far From Home. Mm -hmm. And I think also in Marvel, there's another way of doing it, and that's with artist popularity. Um, we saw that with MM16. <laughs> if there was a boom for premium collectors that Ian was talking about earlier in this niche hobby, it was when they decided to have Jusco do another set. Mm. That is what brought the older collectors back into the hobby. Yeah. I think personally. Yeah. And I think that created an influx in the investing side of this because I know a lot of people were holding a lot of MM16 cards and considering those long-term investments and grading them. Yes. I can't say who or how many or whatever, but yes. I do know people who are doing that. And in fact, this is kind of why I've started ha getting Gem Mint 10s 
and BGS 9.5s or like 10 pristines mm-hmm. for the old 90 cards. Um, especially 1996 Marvel Masterpiece, Julie and Boris. For me, getting a 10 of those cards, a proper 10 um, of my two servers, which I have, the double impact in the base. Nice. That that was an investment moment where I saw them pop up on eBay. One of them has population one. The other one has population two, meaning that there's only two that have that grade and one that have that grade. Oh, so really? Very, okay. Very rare. I've never heard so, that expression. Yes, yeah, they're, they're, they're pop one. So population one, population two. So How basically, you, out? That you go to the website, you go to PSA's website and oh, they tell you. And Beckett does it too, That's actually. why we need Amanda. Yeah, we do need Amanda. I'd love to get Amanda on here. She's so fun. Amanda, come on the podcast. I've asked, I've asked her before. She will. I mean, now with the quarantine, we should just set something up. I sh- I we should hit her up. Because um, she could clue us in on it. She knows so much more than we do about this. Um, She's shy. Very nice. So, you know, that for me, getting those 90 cards and those grades, those are investments in my yeah. mind. Yeah, And I could be wrong, but in my mind, I see having a 10 on a card that's mass produced. See, doing that for me is a way of saying, okay, here's a card that's preserved. Mm-hmm. Here's the grade. The price will increase on this steadily. Yeah. Because you have to understand, we're on 25 years now, right? We're over yeah. order past a lot of these dates of the cards that are 90, considered 90 boom, 90, yes. 90s Marvel. Yeah. So having them in those grades, more people are going to do it. Watch out for cards that are cut to size. Watch out for all that trickery and all that horrible stuff. Mm. But for me, if you're looking at investment, I say that's the way to make those 90 cards an investment. Yeah, I think so. Kevin's asked a follow-up question. On that note, what would it take for the hobby to surge in popularity, maybe come close to sports cards? Um, I don't think it's possible to do. I, I just think you've got to, you know, I just don't think that it, I know from the number of listeners we have as a podcast, um, that it's, not possible. It's, it's not, you know, we are a niche thing. The hot the yeah. Marvel cards are a niche thing. Non-sports is fairly niche compared to. Um, I think Marvel and Star Wars are probably the biggest monsters of the non-sport world. I'd, I would I'd argue Star Wars. Other than Pokemon and, you know, game cards, but I would say like collector cards. Yeah. That those, I mean, it's not a coincidence that Marvel tries the game card route with Legendary series that Upper Deck does, which looks cool and all that good yeah. stuff. It's not a coincidence, you know. They're trying to tap into that that kind of market. But if we're talking just pure collectible collector type of stuff in yeah. terms of no other function than just looking at it and reading the back of the card and seeing a power gauge meter once in a while and a cool effect. <laughs> that's star wars and marvel really i love a power gauge meter you can't go wrong me too that. i'm all about it i get all yeah. giddy when i see one me yeah. and my friend angelo when i was a kid we were neighbors we get our cards from 1992 marvel masterpiece and we just remember and that's how we used to test each other We'd be like all right what's nightcrawler's energy projection level and he would like name it and we'd be like yeah so oh, but yeah that's what we used to do back in the day Love that power gauge stuff. So giddy for it. Um, we'll probably come back to this and talk about this more, actually, because I think I think we're just scratching the surface. I am deliberately trying to listen to more on the sports side of things, and I'm experiencing a lot of that through Twitter, just because mm-hmm. I'm I'm seeking to understand. And, and Greg, on his podcast, has had a couple of people from that side on as well, and I'm just trying to understand the the differences. And uh, the the bottom line is the the volume, the sheer volume of product in the sports market 
even at any one tranche of it, like basketball or NFL or baseball or hockey, is is absolutely staggering and just dwarfs. I mean, if you take one year's worth of NFL product, it dwarfs five years' worth of Marvel product. Wow. It's stunning. It's staggering, the volume of product that comes out. And That's size, so impressive. The size of the sets and the different variations and the different parallels, they are, they are vast. You know, you think you're talking nothing of a five, 600-card base base set and i'm talking base before you go to parallels before you go to numbered one in 49 one in 25 one in 10 you know do you, do you feel like that is the difference between marvel collectors and baseball collector or sports collectors is like sports collectors do they go for full sets or are they doing by players that they have and teams both wow both um there was a guy that um was on Greg's podcast, actually, I think it might be. I might be rem- remembering this wrong. I think his name is Mike Sumner, and he's big on the sports side. I think he's got baseball, and he's got every. He's chosen a particular product that comes out every year, and he's, he gets a full set of all of it. And there are free releases to that product, so the first part comes out, and it might be X number. Of- yeah, there's multi-release yeah. products. Yeah. That's that's and they crazy. do it throughout the year, depending on who's a rookie, who then gets hot, who might go off injured, who might be traded. Do you see what I mean? So you can see players. Wow. Oh, you can see their history. Yeah, love that. So good. This is why the whole game dated moments thing exists on Upper Deck, because it's play that's happened in the last week. Oh, I see now. You see what I mean? So I do. Like, that's clear. why that, that makes that, a lot yeah. more sense. So it is. It is much more fertile ground ultimately, and people mm. are very. People are much more with sports things. It's a much more tribal thing. Is much more of a feeling of belonging. It's much more part of your cultural heritage, where you've come from. There are people that I work with who come from Manchester who are madly passionate about Manchester United and will be until the day they die. Wow. They live in another part of the UK, but that's because it's in their DNA. It's in their blood. How cool. And we're very, you know, and sports does that because it's a very much a community. It's, it's like, it's like, it's like, it's the same kind of mental thing as being in a gang. Yeah. Well, also too, like, no, and I get what you mean by that, but also too, like, and I'm just saying baseball cards to say baseball cards, but like baseball cards, especially in America, like if you say you collect cards are like, Oh, what team? Cause everyone thinks it's baseball or sports. You know what I mean? Like you, like I go up to somebody, I collect trading cards. They're not going to be like Marvel or, you know, non-sport that doesn't exist. There's a reason a team bag is called a team bag. Right. I mean, it's true, right? It's, yeah. it's, I feel like card collecting, when you say card collecting, it's always sports card collecting. And I think that's always because it's always one of those hobbies like, oh, collect stamps, collect coins, collect baseball cards. Like yeah. it's always part of that vernacular of the society, right? It is, those are the hobbies you go to. Yes. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think to a lot of degree, a lot of sports car collecting starts very young in America, especially yes. and in the UK, because it's part of that, because the other kids at school were doing it, because you, you, you saw what the latest, what the game was, and you were taken to the game by your parents, or you watched it on TV in a household. And so the sports cards are much more affordable, and it's something that people get. It's kind of part of your upbringing. It's so much part of your culture. Marvel cards yeah. aren't that. No. And I think if they were ever going to be that, the boat's gone. Because if there is ever this kind of communal community thing that you're talking about here, where you're like fathers and sons go to, or like mothers and sons or mothers and daughters going to baseball games and all this kind of cool stuff, it would have happened when the movies were coming out. 
and the pack should have been there when people were experienced the 10 years of Marvel. You know what I mean? Like if you're going to get those kind of allegiances and those kind yeah. of community yeah. Yeah. moments, like that should have been in line with those and yeah. those could have been readily available because then it is like going somewhere yeah. to experience something. Yes larger you know what i mean but the, um but the fact yeah. that you're still now only just having the end game captain marvel set come out ah, see you after the movies it's just you've you've missed the moment which is why it's indicative really well, yeah. because you know they are aware of the fact they can't produce a full set so they produce journey to the rise of skywalker so you've got something you can enjoy as part of the lead smart but see that's then following then the, the sports rise stuff, of skywalker yeah. set yeah exactly and they they're putting stuff sense. in market that will scratch that itch for people at an affordable price that blaster box was $19.99 yeah that's why i bought There's it a lot of cards in there no kidding it, yeah. it's, greg told me about it yeah. i was like that's kind of cool went to target saw one got that's excited it's 20 bucks later at an affordable price someone can have that and someone's going to really dig that and it's, it's brilliant and you and can build that massive marvel side 100 percent. and that's how you build a set and loyalty yeah. is that everyone's having the experience who doesn't have the excitement of seeing a movie before it comes out with yeah. the trailers and all this stuff yeah similar to what they're doing with the mandalorian right on upper deck and it wasn't, you know, as massive, but on Upper Deck, they had, here's the cards for the trailer. Here's yeah. season one. Here are some cards, a card packet of like five cards or 10 yeah. cards, I think it was. And this is for episode one of season one. Yeah. And right? that's for the collectors like you and me. Right. That's the key difference. That's the key difference. Last box that I'm holding that I'll put a picture of on the tasting notes is for the kids, for the families, for the new people into the hobby. Right. So what they're doing is they're doing it at both ends of the market. Smart. And I'm not seeing that in Marvel cards. Unfortunately, I don't either. And it's not like the popularity is not there. I mean, you know, I, try, I always take a look at the statue side for premium collectors and like how Marvel kind of integrated itself yeah. in terms of on the collector's front because, and Funko really, excuse me like the the way don't, don't swear don't don't use that f word I'll, I'll, I'll have to calm myself down um <laughs> you know to collect that stuff i see new collectors and statues and funko pops all the time getting into these characters and they're picking these pieces up and spending a lot of money on this and really nice pieces crazy money. yeah crazy money crazy crazy money um yeah, and, you know, really going ham on this stuff. It's yeah. just, you know, I see them picking up new collectors a lot more frequently than people who get into the card hobby, especially on the Marvel end. Yes, definitely. Yeah. One last question, because I've got a couple of things I want to do before we wrap up. Um, yeah. And we, this is brilliant. I love, we should do this more often. Um, I mean, yeah, I love it. Fun facts about the host. <laughs> Frank uh, Narnia. Nania? Narnia. How do you pronounce your surname, Frank? Anyway, Frank. Frank's a, a honorary member of uh, Character Club. Ah, the man. Um, and his um, dog, uh, Mother of Dragons, Galisa. <laughs> so cute. Um, fun facts about the hosts. Let's just do. Uh, let's just do one each. Um, oh, what am I going to tell you? Well, I'll, I'll do mine first because it's yeah. been popping up all over my timeline, and it's the four, just over four, five-year anniversary of going to. Las Vegas with a load of ticket agents and all the production team of Billy Musical and oh. going to see Elton John at season then having dinner oh. afterwards. That's so cool. And everyone I went with was just popping like photos up because he was playing at Caesars and basically 
we all got to go up on stage and dance around the piano during the Saturday night. What? The end. And then, yeah, just had dinner with him. So I've got, I've got, I've got, a, I've got a photo of me with Elton John somewhere around. I'll put it on the text. Okay, share. Yeah, so sir. that's fun. That's fun facts about the hosts. Um, well, that sucks. I should have gone first. What the hell's that, man? What am I supposed to do with that? Dancing around a freaking piano with Elton John. Well, I'm over here about to share like, I don't know, my latest like zit. I don't know. That was a fun fact. I'm just, listen, I'm just naming. Oh, super fun. No, no, no. It didn't make you look really cool or anything. And it was just a fun little, you know, cute little thing. Well, there's a photo By of the way, <laughs> you with hair is a very different experience, Ian. It's oh, nice. I've got, I've got a photo of me with lots of hair. From when Man, I'm gonna 17. go bald. I know I'm gonna go bald. I'm so yeah, you're mad. doing all right. You're doing all right. Um, so that was yeah. This whole hashtag me at twenty. Is, That's uh, crazy. A photo of me on my twenty-first birthday on them. I've still got that t-shirt actually. Um, That's awesome. So, so this is a video of, of us on stage with Elton John that someone's just tagged me in and posted. But Mother. what I was going to find, I'm not going to find that now. Anyway, oh, I got to do the album thing. Damn it. Over to you. Over to you, dear. What? Over to me. Fun fact about me. Okay, I got one. Um, it's not as cool as Elton John, but um, I used to work. <laughs> this is dorky. Well, not dorky. Uh, I used to work at a wildlife center. Oh, I did uh, that yeah. For five years. Yeah, I worked with um, alligators and uh, Bernice Python and um, some bald eagles and stuff like that. So, yeah, I was, I was the reptile guy. So, I took care of our. Um, six foot alligator and our dwarf alligator which was really cute it's a full adult alligator that's only maybe eight inches or a foot okay it was i called him gambit so you're welcome (laughs) welcome wildlife center wonderful but yeah there's a fun fact that's absolutely hilarious i'm not going to find this out in john photo anytime soon because look how many photos i've got on facebook nice photos though i've got lots of lovely photos on facebook um so while I'm sharing screen with you, uh, thank you, Frank. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll share more uh, at some point. I was going to show you... That's a photo. That's me when I was... I love you on that swing. My dad. That cracks me up. Oh, really? Yeah. It's one of the only oh. photos I've got of my father and me. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> oh, excuse me. And that's my brother, who's five years older than me. Uh, but yeah, I'm four or five in that photo. Wow. I passed away when I was nine. So I, I don't have many photos of him. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's my dad. Anyway, um, pack of the week. Pack of the week. Okay. Do you week. want me to do the pack of the week? No, I've got some. Damn it. Let's do it. So I've got a confession to make. <gasps> Scandalous. I've broken my spending for freeze. And I shouldn't have, but I've broken my spending freeze. I did some creative accountancy here and I managed to afford to dive into the Daredevil uh, upper deck. I've got a sale. Uh, buy one, get one free. Oh, and I, I, I did some Daredevil. Um, and I'll show you Damn. what I've pulled um, in a moment because I've pulled some extraordinary stuff already. Really? <laughs> yeah, and I've got four more packs to open. Um, oh, let, me show you, let me show you my hits so far. and I've, I've kept these under my radar because I'm a little bit embarrassed because I, I shouldn't really have bought any, but, um, but I have. So it's tough. Um, I see it, man. It's Well, the interesting thing, Daredevil Seasons 1 and 2, this this product is, and it's been, huh. it's been on pack for quite a while. Um, I think it was a physical release first and then it went to packs. Um, basically, the base set is 100 cards and then you combine five of those to get a red tint parallel. Oh, cool. Kind of the same. So the base set isn't, it's very much like 
uh, flair in that you can't get the the base set as it was in packs. You can't get that on e-packs. It's a different thing. Right, I see. So then you get a red tin parallel, which is exclusive to e-packs, and there's a red foil parallel, which is the same card. But if I bring it up on screen, you'll see that it's got this red DD symbol on it. Oh. You see that? Which yes. I am actually going to go for. And then numbered to 299. So that's oh, cool. Just there. I love the back. Yeah. yeah. So I, I am going to go for that set because red for me is the Daredevil color. Yes. As it would be fair. I agree. And also because it's a slightly yeah. easier variant to collect. So I'll, I'll move over red. yellow. Yeah, I'll do the red tint. Well, no, then you get to yellow, which is also numbered. Damn it. Um, <laughs> and I've, I've, I've only got a few of these and I think they trade quite well because there's not that many of them on EPAX. Um, oh, you do have a few of them. Look at that yellow. Oh, they look good. No, I'm not keen on the yellow. I, I, I mean, I like the red better, I like, but I think yeah, it looks good. Yeah, I like how they've made it work. They incorporate into the depth of the card, uh, yeah. But yeah, they're numbered to 99. You can mm. see that, that that numbering shows better because it's a yellow foil. Right. Right, and then you have a really limited one, which is... I feel like red in person always looks so much better than yeah. on the photos. I'll go for the red. So, crisp. The color. so the yellow and the speckle are up for trade, and I've only pulled three speckle foils, and they're red flashes because they are limited. So here's the speckle. Ah, there you go. And we'll put these on the tasting notes, folks. Cool. And they're number to 49. So there's not that many of those. And, you know, there's maybe 10, if that, on the trading marketplace of any one of these. Some really good prices, man. They should they should trade okay. So that's fine. So that's those. Then you've got these episodic art. And across seasons one or two, I think there's 27, 28 episodes. So what they've done is they've got an artist to do one oh. for each episode. It's the same artist. Oh, I like it. And it's beautiful. And it's done in a frame, very much like uh, uh, our boy. Arcus does his cards. Um, so it's done with a, with a picture frame. And it's got that season one, episode one. And it's it's got Oof. that there. But there's also um, a limited chase version of that where the artist has signed them and their canvas variant. Oh, shit. Look at that. So that's because it's the same artist did all 27. Ooh, that's cool. And I think, I don't know if they're numbered. Yeah, 49. Yep. 49, 49, great numbers. 27, so yeah, he signed a lot, bless him. So I don't know who this artist is, uh, Marco Santucci. I don't know, it sounds familiar, I love his work. I love his artwork, so I'm going to... Maybe he's a, um, um, an actual like storyboard artist. Yeah, could be. Beautiful, aren't they? Um, yeah. Then you've got, sorry, I'm, we're, we're kind of going into Daredevil, and I didn't intend to, but I'll, it makes mm-hmm. sense. Hell's Kitchen Headlines, um, this is literally just like a, I could... Hell's Kitchen ha, paper type cute. Thing. It's nice. It's a nice little gimmick. So I like those. I'll probably collect those. I like the gimmick. Yeah, I like those. They're nice. Um, They're nice. And then you have uh, there's only five of these lessons from Stick. Life lessons from Stick. <laughs> and they're okay. I mean, there's only five of them. So uh, he's a great actor. Yeah, but he's such a good actor. And then this is the insert that I. I that I can't um, uh, memorable moments I'll come back to speak the language I just can't get on with so I'm not going to collect these I just think I just don't think it's a very good card design so it's literally a picture of a character uh, it's a, quote a little blackboard it's a quote from the character and on the other side it's translated it into another language for some why? Uh, there's no that's the thing there's, why does this card exist that's weird. It just, it, just, yeah, it just feels like an odd one. Anyway, uh, but the memorable moments subset, and there's about 15 of them, and I really like them. They're comic. 
art related. Ah, oh, shoot. So they're like a history of Daredevil memorable moments. So this is DB4, which is Daredevil and Black Widow. And it's just, it's just beautiful. Mm. They're just really nice. Those would have been cool as comic clippings. Yeah, that's the one you could have done a limited variant of. But it doesn't exist. Anyway, memorable moments are going in for. The film sales, I think I've talked about. I'm so tempted by doing film sales. I love film sales. These are manufactured ones because obviously it was a series that wasn't made on film. Right. Manufactured ones. So there's that. Um, And I've already got a load of these in hand that I bought from Stephen Vargas. Good evening. Oh, yeah. I sent them Uh, to you. That you sent to me. So I'm just kind of filling in the rest of that set. Hmm. Um, which is nice. Uh, there is a red tint variant of that. Oh. Which is really limited. Uh, I don't... Oh. Yeah. And I won't be collecting those because... Like, no, 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 no. You don't want to go down that wormhole. Uh, you ready for the big pull? Oh, shoot. Here we go. <laughs> <gasps> so they've got a film sale card that's also an auto card. No, you did not. John did Bird you really? Frank Castle as the Punisher, yep. <clears throat> Boy, that yep. flashed red in a very sexy way. You got that artist's signature? No way. No, that actor. I, I mean, art, um, I yeah. meant, you know. I mean, he is an artist. Actor's, yeah. actor's signature. Yeah, so I've got that. That's locked. Thank you very much. And they've also got some regular. Uh, what a pool, a, man. The what a pool. They're called Rabbit in a Snowstorm. Because it's the picture that that Kingpin likes the look of. Oh, <laughs> um, and then so I've got uh, Ben Urich. I've got that actor, Vondi Curtis Hall. I've got that one. They're nice. Oh, wow. nice autograph cards. Um, I don't know if it's sticker or on card, but um, I don't care because that doesn't really bother me. Um, and then I've got the actress who played the Kingpin's kind of lady interest in season one. Wow two of those so anyway I've got four packs left because it was buy one get one free and they're only $5.99 a pack so it's kind of a you know it's pretty that's cool. a great buy so shall I shall I let's open them let's open them so I'm going to be doing four packs oh yes yeah I know alright I hope you get the craziest cards man alright so let's do this let's do this I love the pack art too I just yeah, want to put really that out there. so I want to be getting I do want to get and if anyone's got one uh, I'd love because I know it was released as a physical set, I'd love like an empty box and some wrappers as well if anyone's got any spare. Mm, I wonder if we have any Daredevil fans. Oh, yeah. You know, I don't know if we have a character collector for Daredevil. Mm, that no, I know Well, of. we've got a potential new one for Elektra because Jay Lynn has decided. Yeah, that's right. I saw anyway, that. That's funny. So this might be the part of the episode that you choose to use as a video clip, by the way. Done. Which will save me a hell of a job on the tasting notes. <laughs> yeah, we could um, do that. So there we go. Um... <laughs> Here it goes. Right, first pack. So they, they do appear sideways. So this is, most of them are the digital base. I think you get one, maybe two physical per pack. Um, so you'll see them appear over there. All right, that's the physical one, which is a red parallel. You can see it looks different because it's a scan of the yeah. as opposed to a photo. So that yeah, you can see it in that top loader. Yeah, that's a red foil <laughs> parallel of one of the base. Uh, that's another base. Uh, that's not base. So yeah, we go. There's a pack. Oof. Um, I am probably, I should probably screen cap these as I go. So let me just quickly do that. That's pack one. Sorry. Oh, this is taking ages. Ages. No, no. Pack no, of the week. Episode wow, what a cool little set. One. 
I don't know. I'm thinking yeah. about buying some packs. I don't uh, know if well, I should. Well, it's it's, it's a bog. So you, basically, you spend five dollars ninety nine, you get two packs. So it's worth it's worth a shot for that. It is worth a shot. That's nice. Um, yeah, I think the, the sale ends this evening. So uh, let me open the next one. Yeah. Come on, there we go. Let's do this one. Right, that's a base. That's cool. That's a base. Usually, the third card is the one. No, no, not third. No. Oh, ah, right, oh. that's one of those episode art ones. Nice. Can't see what episode that is because they you, you can't look at the card that closely during. Okay. Oh. oh no, it just turns it over. Season two, episode eight, Guilty of Sin, episode episodic art uh, inserts called. You know, I wish there was an icon on here that oh. told you, like in your set thing, if you were missing it or if it was a double. Well, you see that when you click on show all your new items down there. Oof. Damn. Yeah, let me just save this. So I'm saving these images coming as I go for those people <laughs> listening and um, not watching so they can see the second pack of the week. Right. And because it's buy one, get one free, you're going to get two more. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. Pack three. Pack three, yeah, baby. One and two. Trading card set. Five cards per pack. Right. Ah, Space card. Sticks. Card, stick. Uh, that is uh, Electra and, and Matt Murder. Oh, yeah. <gasps> Theme cell, Red Flasher. Ooh. Thank you very much. Which one's this? It is number 14. I don't know if I need it or not. I might. Oh, oh wow. Cool. Thank you. And that'll be the hit. So there's another base card and another base card. Wow. So that's all right. That's a good hit. And time this. So there, go. there we go. I can capture that when it's red flashing. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Nailed it. There we go. So I love it. Image. Ah, sorry, people at home, while I save these images for you. It's all for you, Damien. It's all for you. We haven't talked about our intro artist yet. We haven't. I need to go and cook dinner soon. So um, we got to talk about intro artists. We have. Well, we could always park that intro artist and do repeat one this week. Yeah, let's do that. Then. Let's do that. Let's do a repeat one. Yeah, um, which we don't normally do, but sooner or later you have to. Um, yeah. So we can put someone, someone awesome at the front of this episode. So who knows? Who will it be? Uh, dealer's choice. Yes. Over to you, sir. Uh, Who's you the dealer? Let's do Ray Largo. I love Ray Largo. Let's do Ray Perfect. Largo's again. I don't think Ray. Ray we didn't. We you know we used you quite early on. Uh, Why not? We had a lot of great people in the first sort of twenty episodes, and we uh, definitely did. Kind of didn't get our act together in terms of giving them shout-outs and stuff until we were almost that far in. So, uh, Ray, thank you very much for doing the intro to this episode, and we will save the other young fella who we had lined up uh, for another time. So, uh, let me just... Last pack. Last pack. Ooh. That's a nice one. That's a uh, base card. That's when the um, uh, people got poisoned, and that's uh, Kingpin holding the lady that he's fond of. Uh, oh, there we go. Ooh. There's a memorable moment, which is... Uh, I think that's where we ah uh, that's issue one I think volume one issue one yes yes it is moment yeah wow nice his yellow costume yellow costume and first appearance yes his first appearance brilliant there we go so wow. just save that last pack so that's a nice little run of four packs so if you'd spent you'd spent um fine you spent twelve bucks on that and you've got film cell uh plus those digital cards plus uh, a memorable moments plus an episodic art you know. It's all right, you know. I think it's really nice. Worth. And if you happen to pull an auto, then you know he quids in. Um, there are there is a quad auto in the set, which has got Charlie Cox, Deborah Ann Wall, 
Electra, uh, played by Elodie Young and Elder Henson, who plays. Oh, shush, Alexa. Stop. Alexa, stop. Alexa, stop. Every time I mention the, the character. The <laughs> Every time I mention like, oh. Electra, <laughs> it switches on my Amazon device. Well, this uh, is hilarious. Somebody just posted that. <laughs> That's funny. So, well, so, yeah, I think you saw uh, John posted the Electra. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Autograph. I just saw it. That's coincidental. Yes. No, it is lovely. It is lovely. I saw him pull that. That's what convinced me to go in and try some. Smart. And then I was like, oh no. And then you pulled an amazing yeah, card. And I pulled. So yeah, I've probably done. I've maybe done ten packs, and I've got twenty. Wow! I can't believe you pulled that out of ten packs. That's nutty. Yeah. Well, I didn't do it all in one go. I went in and did a few. So beast. So yeah, so I've actually done twenty packs because you get buy one get one free. Still, that's still freaking awesome. That'll do, won't it? So there we go. Thank you, everybody, for sending in your questions. You you do realise, listeners, oh listeners, oh oh, people who who listen, um, you can do this at any time. Yes, please. You you can send in questions at any point. You don't have to wait for me to prompt you. Having said that, it actually worked quite well. So thank you to Danny Simon, Robert Baker, Kevin St. Jack, Greg McLaughlin, Frank Nania. I want to say Narnia. I'm sure Bring that's Narnia. insulting, but he often sends me messages while he's sat on the toilet, so I don't mind. Um, I like Frank. <laughs> no, it's been gorgeous. Matt uh, Fuller, thank you, brother. It has Matt been Fuller, gorgeous. Of course, yes. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. It man. has been beautiful and wonderful. And on that note, enjoy collecting, everybody. Thank you, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Marvel Card Collectors Podcast. You can subscribe via our home on anchor.fm forward slash mccp. Leave us a message via that link with questions, comments, or just to say hi, and we may even play on the show. We're also on iTunes, Spotify, and all major podcast platforms. Our podcast is at the MCC Pod on Facebook and Twitter, and you can find links on our Facebook page to the two groups MCCW, Marvel Card Collectors Worldwide, and MMC, Marvel Masterpieces Collectors. On Instagram, find us at MM Collectors and at Sketch Card Hive. The great music we use is called Rocket Power by Kevin McLeod. Thanks to the collectors, artists, and creators who support the Marvel Cards Fan Collective. We'll see you next time, and remember, it's a small hobby but a fun one. Make mine Marvel and enjoy collecting.
enjoy collecting everybody.